Robert, first question. Um, do you buy trade credit insurance and what sort of deals are they for? Uh, Gerald buys an extensive amount of, of insurance for trade credit, PRI, open account customer financing, cargo marine, single situation programs. Uh, insurance is a critical part of our business model because in order to be an effective uh, merchant of metals, we need to provide long-term financings to producers and consumers. And in order to do that, we need uh, the help of our banks, but the banks often need insurance as a uh, mitigator of the, of the exposure. So for us, insurance is a key product. Fantastic. Going forwards, do you plan to use insurance more often? And if so, why? Uh, well, we will be using insurance forever, for as long as ever lasts, uh, because our business model, again, is predicated on doing more and more financing of our transactions, and the insurance is a key element in order to trigger the liquidity from banks. So we don't see, uh, we don't see any fall off in our use of insurance because we anticipate a lot of growth in our financing business in the metal space and insurance is a key component of being able to obtain that liquidity. And will geopolitical going to be affecting us at all? Uh, well, uh, our main focuses now are in Africa and in Asia. Um, we offtake a significant amount of metals from those regions. We also sell metals to those regions. We also invest in Africa, for example. We have uh, investments in copper mines, tin mines. Um, we are doing a lot of prepay against offtake. So with Africa being a exponential growth market for us, we see continued use of, of insurance for the foreseeable future. Okay, fantastic. And are CPRI insurance products meeting your needs? If not, how can they be improved? Uh, they essentially meet our needs, but they're not static products. They evolve, there is nuances of cover. Uh, oftentimes, you know, the insurance may exist, but not at a 90% indemnity. Sometimes you have to go down and dig deep and take a 50% or 60% indemnity. So the product up and by itself doesn't just sit on, a, uh, sit on a shelf waiting to be taken. It all has to be crafted, molded, almost a bespoke product. But capacity is obviously the first, of the first uh, element that needs to be addressed. But within that, there's many ways to sort of fine tune the insurance capacity to meet the needs of the commercial transaction. All right, fantastic. And how has the claims process worked for you? Uh, I hate claims. Um, we have done, just to give you some, some metrics, over the last 20 years we've done uh, hundreds of policies, as small as 5 million, as large as 300 million, um, maybe over $5 billion worth of value. But of those hundreds and hundreds of policies, we've had 18 or less claims. Of those 18 claims, we've had underwriters pay out on 17 of the 18. And of those that have been paid out and where we've gone into recovery mode, we have a recovery uh, ratio of approximately 90, 92%. So underwriters know that when we've had claims, and they always say, you know, we're here to pay claims. Um, but the role of the insured when you have a claim payment and you subrogate your, your deal to the underwriters is recovery. So recoveries are, uh, they're time-consuming, they're long-term, they can take years, but we pride ourselves on having a very good recovery philosophy and underwriters know that. And because they know that we are always committed to the recovery process, 
they're happy to write coverage for us because if something goes pear-shaped, uh, they know that we are not the kind of insured that just runs away or you know relies on the policy and then doesn't realize that your job really begins the day after you get the claim payment. Which means how do you how do you recover the loss? How do you work with the underwriters as a partner uh, to recover? Normally, when you have a risk share of 70, 30, 80, 20, 90, 10. You know, your exposure is just that 10, 20, or 30, but we will work to recover any dollars that are outstanding that are due to us because that's just the philosophy that we bring to this program. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you think ECAs could ever crowd out private insurers? Absolutely not. Absolutely. In fact, I think it's the opposite. I think private insurers can crowd out ECAs. Uh, part of the problem, I've never worked with an ECA in the last 20 years. I did an ECA deal in the mid 90s that was one of the largest single um, defense conversion financings in Russia. Uh, but because of the nature of our business, uh, we don't ha we, we can't meet content requirements, local content requirements. ECAs have that requirement that if you're going to source, if you're going to use Exim Bank or ECGD, you have to buy a certain amount of the production from the host country. When we're buying uh, iron ore in, in Sierra Leone and selling it to China, there is no U.S. content. So the ECAs don't work for us. And the few occasions when I've tried an ECA, they're slow, methodical, not commercial. So I have no fear that ECAs are going to crowd out private markets. I think it's the other way around. Private markets can crowd out ECAs, unless you're selling airplanes. Mm -hmm. If you're selling airplanes, obviously ECAs have a have a different role, but for the kinds of business that we do, ECAs play no role at all. Okay, and um, not even the price difference, is that not an attraction at all, or do you uh, not see? You know, price, price is relative, all right, to what you get for it. Um, ECAs, first of all, aren't necessarily that much cheaper. Uh, by the time you're done, if it takes a year to get an ECA approval, but three months to get an underwriter, approval, I'd rather pay the underwriter three times as much money and get the deal done. So cost is relative to what you're getting over the time frame. Fantastic. And a hot topic for last year was the idea of a standardized product. Are we any closer to this? Um, when you say standardized product, you mean one, one size fits all kind yes. of deal? Yeah. Um, you know, my broker's are always yelling at me about standardizing my, my, my policy language or trying to find that. Um, our business is quite bespoke. Every commercial contract has nuances. If somebody said standardized product, I probably would not be interested because while it does take more work to have a bespoke policy or a bespoke structure, uh, there's a reason why you want bespoke because my commercial deals are not cookie cutter. So I would rather have the policy or the insurance conform to my commercial deal than somebody saying, have your commercial deal conform to a standard policy. Because the standard, honestly, leaves gaps, and I don't like gaps. And do you use one or multiple insurance brokers? I deal in the PRI trade credit area. I deal with two brokers. Um, I have a third broker for my cargo marine. Um, I had been dealing with one broker for the last 20 years and then we introduced a second one about five, six years ago. Much to the chagrin of my first broker, um, he came to me and said when he heard about that we had added on another broker, what are we doing wrong? I said, you're doing nothing wrong. My volume is growing. Uh, 
I also felt that, you know, sometimes there can be broker fatigue. You keep coming at the broker with so many transactions that after a fashion, they, uh, it's, it's hard for them to keep up. So the two broker philosophy, and I know some have more, but the two brokers actually give me the ability to cause a little bit of tension between the two. Tension meaning competi com competitiveness, which is good. And each one is always saying, gee, I wish you gave me that deal. I wish you, you know, give me this deal. So I try to be fair, but uh, having more than one broker for Gerald Metals uh, suits us now because of the, of the volume uh, of transactions that we're doing. Fantastic. And is, is digitalization the magic bullet the private insurance uh, market, so technology and so on coming into I'll the be market. honest with you, you know, we had this conversation before, uh, technology has very little bearing on what we do today. Now, maybe that's because I'm over the age of 40, uh, but uh, I still see this as a very personal, bespoke business. Uh, if you took my needs and tried to put them on a platform, um, Again, I, I don't think there's a product that's reached a point where it fits the individual transactions. So I don't see it as a, um, I don't see it as a, as a goal or a solution or a problem. Uh, it's just not something that works for us at the moment. No, okay, understand. All right, fantastic. Robert, thank you very much. Take your time for this right, interview. Thank you very much. Cheers. All right.